0: This is Stacy McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast, where CEOs, senior leaders, and C-suite executives share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best leaders know how to share their ideas concisely and quickly. Let's jump right in. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Terry Lewis, and I currently serve as the Chief Human Resources Officer with OneCall. We are the nation's leader in specialty network management services for workers' comp, and we have about 2,500 employees. Um, I have been in human resources for about 25 years now, and I would describe the work as developing a deep understanding of the business strategy and the needs and bringing the people strategies to life that drive that business forward. Then you're the perfect guest to
0: have on the show today. This is great. I'm excited to, to pick your brain and, and see what's in there for us to take away. Absolutely. So from your perspective, what do you think is the best thing about leading people through change? And I'm imagining that you might have experienced a bit of it this year with the pandemic, as a lot of us have. So as you reflect,
1: what do you think is the best thing about leading people through change? So I would say that change by its nature leaves most people feeling a bit confused, vulnerable maybe, and even fractured at a time when they really need resilience and cohesion and collaboration to perform at a high level. Um, A leader who can master the ability to lead others through that change helps them to see their own potential and rise to a challenge that they didn't think they could meet. They might have thought it was difficult, if not even impossible, right? And for me, I've found it to be amazingly rewarding as a leader to have those efforts rewarded by seeing others elevate and perform with the guidance that we're providing, I'm providing as an anchor.
0: That's amazing. I mean, again, this whole idea of, again, I think we naturally kind of resist change, right, as human beings, but to be able to look past that and to be able to find somebody's hidden potential and to be able to help them to realize that, that's just got to be so rewarding. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So with that in mind, then, you know, next question is, what piece of advice would you give to other leaders about implementing change?
1: So I would say the first word is listen, right? Mm -hmm. I would, I would, The words I would use is people don't resist change itself. They resist being changed. So if you listen, if you understand, if you provide guidance, they're going to come with you on the change journey. Um, Several years ago, I was involved in a global transformation and your job title, your manager, maybe your entire function, the way you did your work changed. And we met people where they were. We brought them on that journey. The leadership team didn't get on conference calls and just say, this is what you need to do differently. We got on planes and we got in cars and we went and we explained the what's in it for you, the why, what's going on in the business that makes this happen and brought them with us on that pathway. And and bringing people along that journey makes all the difference in the world to how they do through that change. I'm writing down the what and the why, right? Because <laughs> I think oftentimes
0: we, we, we tell people a lot of what to do, but not necessarily the why behind it. And the why is the motivation, right? The drive to want to do it versus yeah.
1: the, like you said, being forced it's upon about- or being- it's okay. Something is shifting about my world, right? We all know that happens in life, but when it happens personally, we know why it's going on. When we're part of a giant company or even a smaller one and other people control those decisions, we may not understand that. And and in a lot of
0: cases, we can feel powerless from that. So I think you're, you're really trying to give them some of the power back. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, it's interesting. I've been reflecting this year as well, and I've been hearing a lot from other leaders that keeping teams engaged remotely has been a challenge. Um, they're expressing that as managers, they're more stressed out because they're not being able to do that drive by, you know, accountability or, you know, hearing, you know, things at the water cooler or overhearing somebody on a phone call because they just don't have the benefit of being physically next to somebody. And they're, they're saying that they're starting to drive people crazy with check-ins and things like that. You know, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? And what have you guys done to either address that or overcome it?
1: Yeah, I would say a couple things. Turn the camera on. I love that you and I have the camera on. It's eye contact. I don't get everything, but I get something, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I'm doing, and and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I have purple time in my calendar, which sounds funny, but you can color code stuff. And purple time is time for me. I have a job too. I have work to get done. Put purple time in the calendar and you know that your day may get wacky, but you have stuff you need to get done and you have some time dedicated in your day to do it. From a one call perspective, we've done a few really cool things. We changed our outlook system and it only allows meetings to be scheduled to the 25 minutes and the 55 minutes. Mm -hmm. So you always have five minutes to get a glass of water, to go to the bathroom, to stand up and stretch in between your back to back to back calls. Um, And I think that has really been beneficial to our people. We've also um, blocked off every other Thursday. We call them no meeting Thursdays for people to think and work. There are no internal meetings. No one can schedule anything in the system on no meeting Thursday, which has been amazing. Um, And then finally, we have implemented thank you Thursdays, which is another Thursday on those off Thursdays that we're not in no meeting. Thursday (laughs) is a big day. It is a big day. It's a popular day, right? So on um, thank you Thursday, it's like the informal get together. So if you were going to get a drink after work or have lunch together our senior leadership team a lot of leaders around the company and anyone who works for the company can sign up for a slot and we get on zoom and we literally just talk we might talk about somebody went skiing, someone's back from a vacation, someone else has a problem. Um, it's it's not scripted, it's informal, we'll give an update on the business, and next year we're looking at adding things in like corporate scavenger hunts and cultural things to bring that to life as well through these, no, or these Thank You Thursday evening events that we do. So you're saying we can work and have fun too, we is can. that what I'm
0: hearing? <laughs> yeah. It's possible that we can like coexist. (laughs) It doesn't have to be all work and no play. It is absolutely possible. That's, that sounds extremely rewarding. I, I appreciate that. I'd imagine that you're really, you know, kind of, Bringing people a bit more in, and they're they're disclosing some of their challenges and kind of you know sharing with you in ways that they wouldn't maybe. Well, and
1: I, I think one of the silver linings of this work environment that we're in today has been a little bit of the personalization of people. Mm-hmm. I, I think because you're seeing my house behind me, like I'm a I person know. to yeah. you, right? <laughs> And when you show up at work, you get to put that mask on when you enter the door. It's really hard to put the mask on when you're sitting in your living room or your bedroom or the mm-hmm. office in your house. Mm-hmm. And it really has in some ways broken down barriers that have been helpful. That's amazing.
0: Well, that leads me good to get right into the next question which is, you know, what daily practice do you think is most important as a leader?
1: I think it's personal, like you have to find that balance that works for you. The thing that has helped me the most is I like to start every day a minimum of 30 minutes before I have anything scheduled. And I sit and I look at my calendar. I'm probably going to look at the headlines, what happened overnight, you know, what's going on in the news, but what's on my calendar? What are my priorities for the day? And I ground myself in the work that has to get done. I also keep kind of a rotating list of people that I do want to make sure to do an informal check-in. So when I have a few minutes between meetings, I might ping them on instant messenger. But it allows me to clearly focus my mind on what the absolute must do's are for that day and see through the noise that comes up during the day, because it gives me that anchor to to keep to my day because work and personal and my kid coming in from school because he's doing distance learning and this is going on, it can all create noise and distractions. But by having those 30 minutes or so to myself every morning before my day really gets going, it gives me that grounding. I feel like a namaste is a good response yeah, to that. Yes. I do answer. yoga as well. <laughs> not, at, not at 7 in the morning.
0: <laughs> but I like your grounding, your sense of awareness yeah. and, you know, really trying to create that centered calm from which we operate from, as opposed to the frenetic way with which we can often begin our days.
1: I mean, it's a segue. The words that I use to try and guide my life are grace and purpose. Mm -hmm. And it really all kinds of goes into that same statement, right? Make purposeful decisions, deal with the outcomes with grace.
0: Love it. All right, magic question number six. What other successful business leaders like yourself
1: should be on the podcast? Who else should we be paying attention to out well, there? Well, first, thank you for calling me a successful business leader. I think it's a daily a daily goal, right? Um, there's a formal co- former colleague of mine. Her name is Jenna Dobbins, and she leads a global team today, just like I used to. And she has some of the most amazingly creative ideas I have ever heard. So one of the things she recently shared with me is that when she's having one-on-ones, if there aren't slides or pages to share on a video camera, they take a walk together with their phones and they have their one-on-one getting some exercise some fresh air and some activity together and it really helps bring her and her team closer together. I just love that idea and you don't get stuck at your computer all day oh, and how many of us are getting that zoom fatigue these days yes, where no, you're just absolutely. like.
0: All right. Yep. That's that's amazing. Well, gosh, Terry, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. I feel like you and I could do this like for another 30 minutes, um, but we have our goal of six questions in nine minutes. So I'll leave that for the, for the audience to find you, in which case, you know, that leads me to my question. How could people reach out to you and find you if they
1: wanted to ask more questions or understand a little bit more about who you are? Absolutely. They can find me on LinkedIn and I am happy to respond to anyone who wants to chat. That's great. Well,
0: folks know I'll put your link up there in the description. So they'll be able to click in there and find you right away. And again, it was been such a pleasure to have you here and hopefully you'll come back and join us again soon um, and share more of your great wisdom with us. I appreciate it. But until then, this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast. For more ideas and insights, please do go check us out at www.concilioteam.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care.